There's a story inside every smoke shop, with every cigar, and with every person. Come be a part of the cigar lifestyle at Bovino. This is Box Press. Welcome to another episode of Box Press. I'm your host, Rob Gagne. And I'm your other host, Nate Beck. Oh man, this week, this past week, I was out of town. Nate was out of town. Yep. Uh, I was in Nashville and New York for kind of some, you know, I'll give you guys a little bit of a teaser. There's a lot of history in cigars in America. And as I keep digging, it gets deeper and deeper and deeper as to how much we actually have created in this beautiful nation right here. So obviously with, uh, you know, I was on half wheel earlier and, you know, smoking bands and all these things coming to, to light and, you know, bands on flavored cigars and all that stuff. But man, we made a lot of cigars back in the early 1900s and there's a ton of history about it. So just yeah, especially uh, what New York city yeah, is New one York. Montana is one. It kind of just like follows the railroad right. all the way out. So right. Pennsylvania. Yeah. Amazing. And then two in uh, Nashville, I was actually able to see some of the farms where they grow the tobacco mm-hmm. and meet some of the farmers. And it's a it's not easy for them. And it's a laborious project. I mean, like I a lot. And then the way that they fire cure some of the tobacco, psh, unbelievable. Uh, it's it's a dying it's the, it's a dying trade. Did you get to smell any of that fire cured stuff while they were doing it? They weren't doing it because the plants haven't even gotten into the ground yet, but okay. we went into the barns and you could smell the wood. But I thought as soon as I got into the barn, it would be like way overpowering. Not at all. Real subtle. Real subtle. And almost it goes away as you're in it. It was a very unique experience. That's awesome. Very cool. Even how they fire cure it. They do it like two or three times and it takes like, you know, 12 to 24 hours. So they have to check yeah. it every three hours. And I'm like, holy cow, do you get any sleep? Like, oh, it was just it's like making, really barbe- cool. it's like making good barbecue. It's so laborious. It's the exact yeah. same thing. Yeah. Yeah. And you'd think that there'd be this, you know, in both that there'd be this overwhelming blast of smoke, but it's always more subtle and the best stuff right. like in barbecue is always kind of just, just enough to go, oh, that smoke is great. And then when it gets too much, oh, that doesn't taste very good. No, yeah. That's amazing. It was very amazing. And like piles of sawdust. I didn't know they used sawdust and slabs. And they put the slabs underneath and the sawdust over it. And then they start these fires. It's just, it's amazing. It's amazing the processes (laughs) that we use to end up with a final ingredient that should be way more expensive than it is. When my wife and I were in, uh, we have family in Nashville. And we decided to go tour a distillery. And the closest one, if I'm not mistaken, is Jack Daniels. They literally will burn through, I think if we did the math correctly, like about, let's say for the sake of argument, each stack of wood is somewhere between three and $5,000 just for the maple. And they stack it with uh, all these, kind of like a giant Jenga pile. Mm-hmm. Each piece of wood is like two by two, something like that. And they put them under these giant open smokestacks and they tip them together and then they light them on fire. And they have two or three guys that their only job is to manage that fire so it burns down just perfectly with the right size chunks so that Jack Daniel's whiskey can be filtered each batch through 10 feet of that charcoal. That's their full-time job. Wow. Yet you go to a liquor store and what's a bottle of Jack Daniel's? I don't know. 25 bucks, 20 bucks, maybe. Right. Super cheap. 
And all that wood is only there to filter through as charcoal. And then some of it, they filter through another like four or five feet. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Unbelievable. Like it mellows it out. It takes out the impurities. You know, it's, it's like a charcoal filter you'd get in a, I don't know, water bottles I'm sure have that. You know, they'll yep. have charcoal filters. It's just crazy. And then you'd think it would be so much more expensive and it's just not. It's, it's unbelievable. Very unique. And then you were in Texas this week. I was in Texas. I was down in uh, uh, Dallas and Houston for eight days for the Casa de Monte Cristo uh, Texas Cigar Festival. I believe uh, in its uh, original state, it was an event put on by Sirius Cigars, and that's now a Casa de Monte Cristo lounge. So got to see a, a bunch of great vendors and cigar reps and interact with a bunch of cool people that were out there for the event. Uh, of course, the entire week, the temperature was about mid-70s, <laughs> no humidity, it was perfect. Saturday, the event, 90 degrees and 90% humidity. Wee! Yippee! Yeah, man. Cooking. The, the next day, I walk outside of my hotel to get into my rental car, 72 degrees, breezy, and almost no humidity. Oh, wow. Like, what in the world is going on? And they just knew you guys were having that event. I think so. Like, boom, yeah. let's, let's turn it up a notch. All of us were, were in this giant tent, and it's, it had walls up because it was supposed to rain, so it would have kept us all dry, but it en never ended up raining. And so we're all like opening up the vents just, and trying to get airflow because we're just just now sweating like crazy. Kept us wet. <laughs> it kept right. us sweaty and wet. This Call is it supposed the fermentation to fermentation. Yeah, it's supposed to keep out water. Oh yeah. Well, there's no water coming is this in. Got mold on it? No, yeah. that's just for me. I, I'm <laughs> just dripping just sweat all over it. Swampy. Let's get into the cigars we have because this is another continuation of what we call Big Brother, Little Brother, or you could call it uh, Little Sister, Big Sister whatever you want to call that, we're looking at cigars that are obviously a more budget friendly versus a higher end or in, you know, basically, um, how do I say this? It's a cheaper stick versus the more expensive one. I mean, I don't know yeah. how to say it any other way. Less um, money, more money. Right. I mean, yep. I'm not saying it's cheap because it doesn't taste good because clearly we've been on a couple of these that the the less expensive cigars absolutely just amazing bonkers like i think really on our, good. On, i think on our previous episode we found that the less expensive option was really almost just as good as the more expensive option oh yeah yeah, yeah so we're excited for you guys to see that one when it comes out on friday it's been crazy uh what a cool experience i hope you guys are enjoying it leave some comments down below if there's any cigars that you want to see uh particularly what we're looking for is we're trying to stick within the same manufacturer right mm -hmm. you know what do they have that's a budget-friendly stick and what do they have that's more celebratory so here we have uh altidus or um other people know them as like monte cristo h upman all that kind of stuff but we are definitely doing the monte cristo uh and the henry clay warhawk i love that name the warhawk yeah it's very intense henry clay that cigar line you know what the cigar sounds like it sounds like it should be a cigar made for a like an SEC college football team. Mm, mm -hmm. Like what is it, Auburn? Uh, is it Auburn that has the War Eagle? I don't know. I think Let's it's Auburn out. that has the War Eagle. I always think of that when I smoke this cigar. Is it Auburn? Bingo. Nailed it. It says Tigers. Yeah, but they have the, uh, like look up uh, college War football. War Eagle. There it is. There it is. Yep. Fly War Oh, yep, sweet. I think it's not their chant or something. 
Yeah, so the Auburn Tigers, they have, I forget the, the reasoning behind it, but they're, one of their symbols is the War Eagle. Got it. Yeah, so I always think of that when I smoke this cigar. Yeah. And uh, for anyone that is a fan of Lanceros or Lonsdales, this cigar comes in a Lonsdale size that is exclusive to a shop down in Houston that I just spent a considerable amount of time at, Stogie's World Class Cigars. Uh, the owner, Jorge, is a huge fan of Lanceros. In fact, he's got an entire row of Lanceros. And this is one, it's one of his favorite cigars. He smokes several every day. It's yeah. fantastic. Yeah, so the War Eagle Battle Cry, you were right. It's not the mascot or anything like mm -hmm. that. It's um, most popular legend about the Battle Cry dates back to the first time Auburn met Georgia on the football field in 1892. Holy and cow. it centers on the spe spectator who was a Civil War veteran. All right, so. There you go. It's amazing. Does even more uh, history 1892. I call that my Cliff Clavin vault of useless information. <laughs> it's so true, <laughs> so true. I'm the ringer you want on a bar trivia team. Oh my gosh! I yes. usually do pretty okay. Oh, I bet. Well, the the War uh, Hawk, the Henry Clay War Hawk, and the Monte Cristo Classic both come in with a Connecticut shade. They're saying that the Warhawk is the Ecuadorian Connecticut. Okay. And the Monte Cristo just says select Connecticut shade. So All right. I don't know what that means as far as country of origin. Maybe it's the bougier version uh, of Connecticut be, shade. Must be. Um, in the notes, it says the highest grade Connecticut shade wrapper combined with the finest Dominican binders. Here's what sets it off for me. The binder in the Henry Clay Warhawk actually broadleaf which gives it, it that really? punch yes and i was oh. actually i was like oh wow binder broadleaf didn't know that but i see that that's kind of where that strength of that flavor comes from i had this conversation just last week a lot of the altidus general a lot of the big producers that you know make a lot of these uh, older core line cigars Henry Clay, Monte Cristo, Romeo and Juliet, uh, what would be some general um, uh, Coraline cigars? Partagas, Cohiba. Yeah, Bolivar, uh, some of those. Yeah. They're really fantastic cigars, so don't sleep on these. Um, oh, I they're know. making some really good stuff. Very consistent, high quality. That's the consistency is key. Like, mm -hmm. as I've continued to see factories or see the way people make cigars it's like unbelievable how they can try to keep consistency it's just unbelievable um well, like this warhawk you know we talk about like you can get a little squeeze right down by the the cherry because that's where the tobacco is the warmest but right construction is it's firm construction easy draw you know how much i love rob that clean cut at the top where it's just right. like glass and they both cigars are just well filled yeah, looking at both of these, I mean, neither one sticks out to be more veiny than the other. Huh. Um, both of them, the the color is great. Hats off to yeah the uh, the team over at Altidus for just making really good consistently yeah. great cigars. The Monte Cristo, though, with that being said, I think is the milder of the two. It's Dominican. It's a um, little more fragrant. Mm -hmm. Like it has a little more of that subtle uh, baking spice almost uh, on the aroma coming off the 
off the foot. Yeah, for me, it's a very um, mild, easygoing cigar. If you over, like if you heat it up too quickly or over smoke it, in my opinion, it would get too bitter. Creamy. Um, yeah. Lots of cedar, which is real common in Connecticut. You know, that woody mm -hmm. kind of uh, earthy sort of flavor. As we were getting uh, getting into these cigars before we started our uh, our filming today, this Warhawk has a little more of that kind of peppery retrohale. That, like I would call this like a white pepper, kind of a real subtle spiciness it's, to it. There's strength there. Yep, and the the Monte Cristo doesn't have that. It's a much softer retrohale. I'm wondering if that's due in large part to the broadleaf because that can add a lot of, uh, you know, some punch. Yeah, unbelievable. The Henry Clay mm -hmm. uh, rose to um, Speaker of the U.S. House of Representatives um, in the early 1800s and was known and was known above all as a staunch U.S. nationalist, Clay believed strongly that the military force was the only opinion left to fight British imperiousness. Basically, that's like elitist. Okay. Um, you know, imposing their will on. I think if that's right, imposing their will on oh, uh, sure. people. Let's look up imperious. Imperiousness. Let's that's consult what, the Googles. Like, Okay. The term Warhawk was coined and now used in political circles to describe one who favors war as an ultimate resolution of conflict. Yeah. The Henry Clay Warhawk is a dedication to Henry Clay's lasting influence. The Warhawk cigar is aptly named. Yeah. Because it's a bit rebellious. So here's it's strong. Imperious. Assuming power or authority without justification. Arrogant and domineering. There you go. There you go. Anytime, wait, did you say he was the Speaker of the House or of the U.S. House of Representatives? Uh, yeah, he. It says Henry Clay rose to Speaker of the U.S. House of Representatives. Anytime I think about like a political speaker, all I can envision in my brain is the scene from Kindergarten Cop when they're all reciting the Gettysburg Address. That's the, that's the uh, extent of my pol uh, political. Uh, <laughs> we could go down the rabbit hole of some kindergarten cop quotes, but they <laughs> yeah. they may not be camera friendly for uh, for this format. <laughs> but you all know what I'm talking about. Arnold, good old Arnold. Take a toy and sit on the carpet. <laughs> I'm a policeman, not a princess. Take a toy and sit on the carpet. I'm a policeman, not a princess. <laughs> sit on the carpet. Okay. <laughs> oh boy! Not gonna have Good to watch movies. that movie tonight. Good I love that movie, and and all of you know which lines from that movie I'm talking about. If you've seen the movie, mm -hmm. I will I will hold back, even though it's killing me to not <laughs> not Sam. Yeah, sensor <laughs> on. Keeping it inside. So as we're kind of getting into these, which one are you kind of favoring right now? Having smoked both of these before, or on more than one occasion, uh, I'm a big fan of this Henry Clay Warhawk. Me too. There's something about it that just, the flavor kind of hits more. It's, uh, it's got complexity. It's got this nice spice on the retrohale, which I really dig. Uh, 
it's creamy, uh, has a nice kind of that woody, cedary uh, component that we, we were talking about earlier. Yeah. I'm trying to look up the uh, MSRP on these because I... Like, I would actually really enjoy this as a first scar of the day, the Warhawk. Uh, but this uh, Monte Cristo Classic Series, I would love this cigar after a really nice, like, farm-to-table dinner. Like, I struggle sometimes, Rob, because you and I really enjoy restaurants that cater to or specialize in, I guess you could call it new American, farm-to-table, basically restaurants that do really elegant or chefed up treatments of not only proteins, uh, but also vegetables. Uh, and I think some of the coolest things I've eaten in the last five years have been vegetable dishes. Uh, they're just oh, yes. really special. Um, there's a local restaurant here in the Twin Cities called the Bungalow Club. Uh, and there's a group of us that used to meet uh, on their patio every Wednesday and have cigars. And so I took my wife and kids there and my wife and I had been there before and the kitchen sent out some extras and one of the things they sent out was uh, a Brussels sprouts dish and it was Brussels sprouts with chili honey and Ooh. blue cheese. Ooh. And my kids took a bite before I did and my 18 year old daughter says, what sorcery did they do to these Brussels sprouts? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, all right. Well, I grab the Brussels sprouts, take a bite. And I'm like, holy crap, this is amazing. <laughs> I don't know how Andrew, the chef and owner of that restaurant, I don't know what he did to those, but good Lord. One of the most interesting bites of food I'd had in a long time. Really exceptional. That is so exciting. So too. if you're ever in Minneapolis, Bungalow Club. If you can that, take something that seems so just regular and then just kind of amp it up a little mm -hmm. bit so that you're like i've never had it that way it's so enjoyable well and i think that's what's cool is that everyone knows you can do really cool things with a steak you know very simple treatment to make a steak taste amazing like right. you know, there's there's wagyu and kobe and prime beef and grass-fed and corn-fed i mean there's all these things but vegetables often are sort of Less so nowadays than in years past, but vegetables were always an add-on. Like, I remember as a kid, there was always a bowl of some type of vegetables with an ice cube sitting on top. So it would kind of melt and make them a little bit chilled. Because, oh. uh, like, if you've ever purchased a bag of whole carrots from the grocery store, you know, they're a little dry on the outside. And sure. then they sit in your refrigerator, and they're, they don't taste all that great. So evidently, that was my mom's way of, like, adding some moisture to them or making them taste a little bit better. Nowadays, you can go to a restaurant, and the vegetables, I think, are oftentimes way more interesting than the proteins. It's just really, because you have to be more attentive to, to bring out all the nuance and flavor in something that's maybe a little more humble. 293, box of 20. So, what is that? Just under 15 bucks a cigar at retail for the Monte Cristo, right? Yeah. 293 divided by 20. 14. Yeah, 1465 is what a calculator spitting out. But yeah, I mean, so. And then depending on where you buy it, I'm sure you can get it on sale somewhere. Oh, sure. Yeah, and the Warhawk. You know, and taxes will factor into that depending on where you live. Is sitting right around eight bucks. So you're, yeah. you're looking at, you know, again, a double almost. You know, like you can buy two of the Warhawks for one of the classic. I think kind of like our uh, episode previous to this one, so that will have been out for a couple of weeks when this one airs, both 
our previous and this one. I'm super happy with both the little brother and the big brother or the little sister, big sister. Right. Both are excellent. You know, you've got a $8, you know, this Henry Clay Warhawk $8 stick, maybe $9 stick, pardon me. And then you've got this 14 to $15 stick. Both are excellent. Right. Like this one's a little more polished. I just really think this would be amazing. Like if you could in your home, like they used to in the old Westerns and the old like uh, kind of Victorian era movies, they'd retire, you know, the men would retire. Yeah. I, I say everyone should retire to the smoking room. Yes. And we all light up, men, women, all of it. Put the kids to bed. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> With love- no stress, just go upstairs, go to sleep. Oh, I know. And I love being able to just do it right at the table, the dinner table as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, nowadays, it's nice. Very rare, though. That it you is can pretty do that. rare. Mm-hmm. There are a few places left in the United States where you can have a delicious meal and light up your cigar right afterwards. And I'm always oh, jealous of Facebook videos, Instagram videos I see where they're Nicaragua, Honduras, the Dominican, uh, and they're just smoking at the table. And you're like, oh. I know. <laughs> now that we're into this Monte Cristo, that creaminess is mm-hmm. really coming out. Mm hmm. I would say, Rob, you and I talk about retrohale an awful lot. Yeah. If you were looking to learn how to retrohale and you wanted to practice on Mm. a cigar that wasn't going to burn your nostrils, this would be right up there, top of the list. The Monte Cristo Classic Series. This is fantastic. Absolutely. Right? I just retrohaled it. And for me, when I retrohale, I end up uh, pulling the smoke into my mouth, letting some of it out. And then I try to push it through my nose. Because if I try to do all of it right away, it just seems like it's it's overpowering and it's also hot. Uh-huh. It gives it an opportunity to kind of cool down a little yep. bit. You, so I noticed this at the Cigar Festival. Uh, the sales director for Placencia Cigars, I watched him light up his cigar. And I think you and I do this a lot. We Yeah, puff out your cheeks. He did that, and I went, see, there. everybody that's been smoking for a while does that move where you puff your cheeks out and you let that smoke just roll around your palate, yeah. hit every part of your tongue. Then you push a little bit out your nose, blow a little bit out, you know, push a little out through your mouth, and then some more retrohale. Yeah, that move right there. We all do that. And that Warhawk, it must either be the filler or the binder, but man, does that have some intensity, like... Mm-hmm. Even already, like my mm-hmm. nose is kind of like tingly. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely not with the classic. That classic is much more smooth. Um, but now I have to ask the question of: Is this a beginner cigar? The classic? Any any Either of these? these? Beginner cigar. I'd say the classic series, the Monte Cristo classic, price point would maybe push it out of beginner category. But if you were someone that walked into a tobacco shop and wanted to learn, let's say, how to retrohale and wanted to smoke just a really well-balanced, creamy, smooth smoking cigar that didn't have any burn on the retrohale and you were willing to spend a few extra dollars, that would be an awesome beginner cigar. And how are you defining beginner cigar? Because I think that's the most interesting thing. I think a flavor profile and a strength that's not going to knock you out. I don't think there's anything overpowering here. I think it's going to be nice and round on your palate. 
I think it'd be great to learn and practice how to retrohale because it's kind of a tricky move until you uh, sort of get the routine of it. I, I think I would recommend this one as well, but if you were just starting out, I would probably just suggest just don't retrohale this until you get used to it a little bit because it's going to give you some of that burn. So I'm a little bit different. I kind of prescribe to the idea that beginner cigars are kind of just BS. Like that whole notion that you have to have a specific type of light cigar in order to enjoy it your first time. Oh, I see what you're saying. I think it's a miss. And I think I saw Rocky Patel or Nish or somebody over there say, you know, beginner cigars, like it's all you should be asking questions or the tobacconist should be asking questions or you should be asking questions yourself of like, what do I like to drink? Mm-hmm. And particularly they go towards spirits. So, you know, if you're like a... We say that a lot. A bourbon yeah. guy or, yep. or you really like strength and peat. Like if you're a scotch guy and you're first time smoking a cigar, you should go straight with the Warhawk. Totally. Because that's going to get you the same sensation on your palate mm-hmm. of strength and, and just kind of intensity of flavor. Mm-hmm. I, I really have to say that I'm not a big fan of beginner cigars being... Connecticut shade and, you know, mild and medium. Like, I think sometimes that might be a position where somebody might go, well, maybe I'm not into this cigar thing. Sure. This is where I need to start. Yeah. And I wouldn't call this a beginner cigar just because it's mellow. I would call it a beginner cigar just because it has a lot of the things I would look for in a recommending a first time smoke. Like, let's say you like dark chocolate or you like... Uh, rich cups of coffee or maybe you want to go sort of yin and yang you want to do like light flavored food but you want something a little bit more rich right on your cigar well you could go with a myriad of maduro cigars like a mexican san andres that's just going to have some of that mexican hot chocolate flavors super balanced but there are some cigars that i'll point out as like first time sticks that I know are going to not disappoint and they're going to have lots of layers of flavor uh, without being less necessarily, because like I think most often a beginner cigar, you go mild, Connecticut, easy. But sometimes those types of flavors, kind of like you and I found when we were infusing, when you were infusing cigars with whiskey for St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. A whiskey that worked really well to infuse a cigar didn't really taste all that great. Mm -mm. It was way too light. It kind of had this thin, off-putting flavor. I think sometimes people smoke that first cigar, and they do a light Connecticut, easy cigar, and they're kind of unhappy with it. Exactly. There's nothing there. Thin. Yes. Um, but again, I'm, I'm smoking this Monte Cristo, and I, I'm thinking, too, to myself, like, what is it about this that I like? And I do like that balance. I do like that creaminess, that thinness from it. It's not super one-dimensional as far as like you know spicy or or uh Uh um i always use the word astringent or strong or or just sharp yep it's just it's just creamy you know classic is a really good name for it it's classic it's great cigar but i could totally see somebody out there being like this is not this is not my preferred method of flavor. This sure. Monte Cristo Classic doesn't do it enough for me. And then you jump to the Warhawk and it's like, boom, it's right there. And then obviously Monte Cristo has a whole bunch of other lines that Altidus puts out. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, and I think that's the other fun thing about 
you know, a bigger company, you got the Monte Cristo Platinum, you have the Nicaragua, which is going to be way more bold mm -hmm. than this classic. And then you have like the Epic, you have the Monte Cristo uh, Espada, which I don't know if I'm saying that right, but it's nope, phenomenal it just, cigar. Exactly right. That Espada is one of my favorites. Yeah. Another thing that phenomenal. I really tend to look for in a cigar, if I'm recommending, you know, cigars to a, a newer cigar smoker, is I think it's helpful to recommend cigars that are readily available and always on the shelf at sure. your local cigar shop. Because if they do like it, they can go back to that after smoking some other things that are maybe more limited release or more boutique. You know, let's say they smoke a boutique cigar and it just knocks their socks off. And they go back to their shop six months later after smoking some other cigars and they're like, man, that one cigar was really great. Do you have any more of that? Oh man, no. It was a limited right. release, it totally Tough. sold out. It's kind of nice to be able to recommend cigars, regardless of palate or flavor profile, that you can go back to and they're always made. They're always there. They're not going anywhere. And let's talk about that stigma because they're, you're always looking for the next best thing. Like what's new? What came out? I mm -hmm. mean, that is a number one question in a tobacco shop. And sometimes you just kind of have to go like, what are the classics? Let me go back and revisit the classics mm -hmm. because they are just bangers for sticks. They're just phenomenal. Yeah. I had the other day uh, and our uh, CEO, Sean Knutson, smokes boxes of these cigars, the Tatawahe Regios. Or any of that original, I think that's the Miami line, the that classic yep. brown Tatuaje label. Outstanding cigars. Right. Generally always on the shelf. Fantastic cigars. Ten years ago when I was smoking more occasionally, I smoked pretty much exclusively the Tatuaje Noeas, which is a little smaller than that Regios. Little Corona cigar was always the perfect amount of time. Had the right amount of pepper and spice and flavor profile. Just very consistent. Really good. And if you get a chance yep. to smoke two cigars side by side that are different, it's really eye-opening. I encourage you to try it at least once mm -hmm. and just see what you get. You know, that's why we did this series. Is like the Big Brother, Little Brother series can be done for any cigar. Or you can even go outside a brand and say, I just want to try stuff like Broadleaf. Anything that has a Broadleaf wrapper, I want to try that. I want to see, I want to compare the two. I want to see which one I like, which, what do I like about it? You know, I just, there's so much to this that you can play with. Yep. It is truly a fun, fun, fun experiment. Absolutely. The other day when I was visiting uh, some of my accounts down in Texas, walked into one of the shops and uh, walked into Humidor to get a cigar and he's, uh, the gentleman uh, running the shop said, well, what do you want to smoke? He's like, what do you like? I said, man, I smoke a lot of cigars, but you know, I'm really feeling like Cameroon. So they were able to point me to awesome. a unique Cameroon that I hadn't had in a long time. And I think that's a tool that people need to, to always remember is when you walk into a cigar shop and that staff is willing to help or there's someone in the humidor or say, hey, if you have any questions, come ask us. Ask them. Tell them, hey, I really would like to try, you know, maybe a couple different broadleaf wrappered cigars right or a couple different san andres or i'd like to try uh uh you know a really good connecticut but maybe something that's a little more unique you, you name it they're willing to help and they want to help because they have this wealth of knowledge that if they don't get a chance to share it it's kind of just sits there going to waste yeah 
you're just now a transaction yep. coordinator. You're that's, ringing up sticks and that's it. That's exactly right. Yep. And yeah, if you know what you want, then that's great. You don't need, you don't need to ask for any help, but it's, it is fun yeah. to, to get recommendations, to push your boundaries. I mean, to me, that's what it's all about. I think so too. Push your boundaries a little bit, see what you like, see what you don't like and see why you might like it. And now this is just like mental catalog for me of like, okay, I know the difference between these two now. So now I can like better educate myself on like yeah. recommendations for yeah. other people. Like really, what are you looking for out of that cigar? Yeah. And I think finding out that this has a broadleaf as the binder makes this cigar super interesting to me. Yeah. Because you and I, I think both really enjoy broadleaf. Uh, it's such a unique uh, right. tobacco variety. It's very, very... Very enjoyable. Yep. Both of these cigars. Mm -hmm. Hard to pick a winner because they both have unique positions in my wheelhouse of where I would use them easily. Mm -hmm. I mean, my my go-to morning cigar would probably be this classic, this Monte Cristo classic. Creamy, smooth. The bitterness of my coffee is going to bounce off of that. But then, you know, I don't know. I I was drinking coffee and both of them played really well with this because the Warhawk had that, you know that that punch to it to try to you know kind of i went from the warhawk back to this monte cristo classic and i got like this great um almost like fresh herbs mm. uh note it just tastes awesome and if you've watched any of rob and i's videos over the last you know year or so you know that i love unique flavors especially floral right smells of the garden that sort of thing and this just really popped with all of those like i love really unique flavors on a regular mm. basis. And I know people that like the same thing all the time. They go to one restaurant to have this, they go to another restaurant to have that. There's nothing wrong with that. But even if you're that type of individual, branch out just a little bit. Try something that you may not normally try. Right. And yeah, as I keep bouncing back, I just keep picking up the creaminess of the Monte Cristo. And I'm just mm -hmm. like, wow, that's so good. That's mm -hmm. so good. The Warhawk again, too. I mean, I don't know. Do you have a winner? Do you would you pick one over the other? I don't know if I can in this one. I think on on this one I got to say it's like a a dead heat. Yeah, it just all depends upon what you're looking yeah. for. Yeah. So, this I'm going to really a challenge. I'm going to boil it down to the classic, the Monte Cristo classic, smooth, creamy, easy to retrohale. Yep. Great stick. That's where it, it resides for me. Sure. If you want, if you like more flavor, if you drink uh, certain types of alcohol that are more uh, smoky, peaty, uh, stronger, have a bit of a bite, go with the Warhawk. It has it has the body that it can uh, put up with those types of alcohols and just be a great pairing. Um, this would be great with my favorite scotch, Lafroy 10. Exactly. It's going to balance. It's going to match that yeah. real blast of peaty, briny smokiness that that Lafroy has. But it's also going to balance really nicely as that scotch becomes more sweetness after mm. those first couple of sips. Because a lot of those bold flavors kind of become more subtle after subsequent palate gets tasting. used to it. Uh -huh. Yeah. And this is going to balance really well. Yeah. Man. Mm. It's a great series. I enjoy doing it. We have a whole bag of even more of these. So if you're interested in this, leave comments down below. Let us know what you think. What cigars would you want to put up against Big Brother, Little Brother series? And as always, I mean, keep smoking cigars and expanding your palate. That's what it's all about. That's what we're here to do. And uh, we're just trying to help 
everyone else go, wow, I've never done that before. Let's try that. And we're learning as we go. So it's just, it's, it's a total blast. In the words of Rob Schneider, you can do it. <laughs> That's it. I don't know how to end it any other way. But there you go. <laughs> I will say this message from our sponsor, Bovida. Uh, if you're not subscribed to Bovida and just continually getting uh, Bovida shipped to your house, I just have my subscription set to every three months. Uh, every three months, I get my Bovida. They come. Uh, I know exactly what humidor is to change them out in. Uh, and I can actually put on different subscriptions at different times. So I can have them mail out at different times, which I absolutely love. So that's what awesome. I do. That's the best way to keep your cigars perfect is just making sure you always have Bovida in stock. That's the way to do it. Thanks again. Have a great weekend. Thanks for joining us.